Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Bros Unedited Podcast, episode 94. Um, today we're going to get into, we're going to talk about LeBron. Um, you know, during this time of year is when I, you know, like to talk about LeBron. Then we're going to get into some NBA <clears throat> headlines and discussion. Sorry, I'm a little under the weather, so I'm taking more drinks of water than normal. Sorry about that, just a little under the weather. We're going to get some headlines and discussions, and then my conference finals talk and picks. We're going to get into UFC Fight Night Rosenstruck Almeida. We'll talk about the main three fight results, some other impressive wins, and what's next for some of the top guys. <clears throat> then we're going to get into my way too early NFL standing prediction. So no records, just how I think the standings would be as of now, my, my picks for that. And then my top 15 2023 NBA draft big board with the next three up. So I'll do my top 15 and then three guys I have on the outside looking in at my big board. Um, so let's get into it again. LeBron James, the greatest ever, right? I mean, that game six was, you know, LeBron, man. It was a, it was a you could tell, we don't want to go back to the Bay for game seven type of performance. Um, we're going to get downhill. We're going to bully Andrew Wiggins, who has, you know, had a rib injury. Anytime there's a smaller guy, we're going to bully and we're going to get to the rim. And just other guys got to make plays around him. Anthony Davis defensively and on the glass was just tremendous again. You know, you know, you you can say he has off nights offensively, and he does. But man, is he great defensively? Almost every single night, you can count on him to be great defensively, and that's massive because the Lakers, <clears throat> more than ever, LeBron trusts guys now. He trusts Austin Reeves. He trusts Dennis Schroeder. At times, trusts D'Lo and Lonnie Walker now, who's come up big. Hachimura. Didn't really get a uh, didn't really get his foot into the series against Golden State. I think he'll have much more of a role this series against Denver. Um, but yeah, I just love where the Lakers are at. This team, Vanderbilt, obviously I liked him coming off the bench. You know what I think you can do with Vando off the bench is, you know, you start Schroeder, D'Lo and Reeves, and then, you know, when you make those subs halfway through, whoever's the hot hand at, you know, between is it Michael Porter Jr., is it Aaron Gordon, is it Jamal Murray, then you throw Vando on him off the bench. I like that a lot. I like that. I like that. Uh, I just like that the Lakers can do that because I thought Dennis Schroeder really changed that game in Game Six with his defense. He was tremendous. I thought he got you know bullshit ejection, two bullshit technical fouls. But the, you know that's just it is what it is now. Game's over. But you know I thought it, and when it was the end of the when it was the end of the third and he was ejected, I was like, man, it's only fourteen. We saw Game One where they came back from fourteen in a span of three minutes. It can happen quickly with these guys with Golden State, but we buried him. Ended the streak. And so let's just talk about LeBron James and his resume at this point. You know, I mean, again, <clears throat> I don't get in arguments with people anymore about who's the greatest ever. If you think Michael Jordan, if you think whoever, that's you. I know who's the greatest of all time. And deep down, everyone knows that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. All-time leading scorer in NBA history, LeBron James. A pass-first guy, mainly. Obviously, he can score at a high level. He is a great scorer, but he's a... He's a pass-first guy. He makes the correct play. But he still is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. He's a four-time NBA champion with a chance at five now. Ten NBA Finals appearances. Four-time NBA Finals MVP. Only player in NBA history with three Finals MVPs on three different teams. Number four all-time in assist as a small forward. He is, that makes him the only player in NBA history to be in the top five in both points and assists. The only player to lead a team back from a from being down 3-1 in NBA Finals history. And you can say, well, Kyrie shot one in the game. Okay, well, 
Yeah, Kyrie scored 41 in Game 5. So did LeBron. LeBron then scores 41 in Game 6 and has a triple-double in Game 7. Okay. LeBron led that team back. He was their, He was the best player on the floor. Greatest defensive play in NBA history, the block. That led that kept the game tied and led to Kyrie's shot, the block. Remember they call it the, the stop, the block, the shot. 19-time NBA All-Star. So only one year, his rookie year. 19-time All-NBA selections. <coughs> only one time he wasn't, his rookie year. 13-time first team, 3-time second team, and 3-time third team. Only player in NBA history to make an All-NBA selection in year 20. Four-time league MVP, robbed of about four more. Six-time all-defensive team selections, five-time first team, one-time second. Two-time Olympic gold medalist. Four-time AP AP Athlete of the Year. Jordan was only three-time. Drafted number one overall in the NBA draft. Remember, Jordan got drafted third. NBA Rookie of the Year. Most triple doubles in NBA Finals history. Only player to ever average a triple-double in the NBA Finals. Most buzzer beaters in NBA playoff history. He's not clutch, though, right? But he has the most buzzer beaters in NBA Finals history. So the whole notion of him, like, let's start, let's go back to the top. Him, the whole notion of him not being a an all-time great scorer, J.J. Redick said it best. No, he's actually the best scorer of all time. The best. He has the most points in NBA history. <clears throat> he's the best scorer. Oh, he's not clutch, though. Well, actually, he has the most buzzer beaters in NBA playoff history. He, you could actually argue he's the most clutch. Because he is the most clutch. He has the most buzzer beaters in NBA playoff history. Most playoff wins in NBA history. Most playoff series won in NBA history. And now, just another sweet little cherry. About, you know, probably about the 30th cherry added on top since he became the GOAT in 2016. <clears throat> Ended the Warriors streak of 19 straight Western Conference playoff series wins. They had won 19 straight playoff series dating back. 2015, <clears throat> they won three. 2016, they won three. 2017, they won three. 2018, they won three. 2019, they won three. Last year, they won three. They won one this year, and then LeBron and the Lakers put an end to it. There's no questions asked. He is the greatest basketball player of all time. Like I said, I don't entertain the arguments. But I'm just going to get on my podcast and my platform, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. These, these accolades and the numbers are just going to become too heavy for you to argue anybody else is the greatest basketball player of all time currently, right? They're just going to be too heavy to argue. And I know it hurts you, Jordan Dick Riders. I know it hurts. Let it go, though. You'll be so much more relieved when you let it go and just say, you know what? Number two is not that bad. Number two is pretty good. Second greatest player of all time. It's pretty good. But you guys will continue to hold on and act like Michael Jordan only played six seasons. Well, everyone ate on LeBron James watching. Everyone did. Well, Michael Jordan didn't play just six seasons. He played 15, I believe. 15 seasons. So nine other times, nine other times, somebody won an NBA title. And then he was so mentally fatigued after three years that he needed a break. And and the Houston Rockets won too. LeBron James has never thought about playing baseball. He, he, you know, he joked around playing, maybe, but maybe I'll play football. He's never taken a break. You know, these numbers, you just can't even compare the teams. You can say, well, LeBron's lost six times in the finals. Okay. The one loss is bad to Dallas. The other losses are to, in my opinion, the two greatest, 
probably the greatest dynasty in NBA history. And actually, no, the second and first greatest dynasties in NBA history, meaning the San Antonio Spurs, right? He lost to them in 2007, 2014. The Golden State Warriors, he lost to them in 2015, 17, 18. And remember, he beat the greatest. He also, oh, I didn't have this one. He, uh, besides the 3-1 comeback, he led a team to beat the greatest regular season team of all time, team that went 73-9. and and then that team was so f- so feared by him, they had to go get Kevin Durant to make a super team, the greatest talent we've ever seen, it, team-wise. The most talented team we've ever seen. They had to go get him to stop LeBron James. Michael Jordan never played teams like that. He never played a team like the Warriors or a team like the Spurs. Never. None of his championship wins played in... And LeBron has wins over those teams, actually, right? Beat the Spurs, and he's beaten the Warriors. Michael Jordan never played teams like that. It's not just LeBron James lost to those teams. He also beat them. He beat them in 2013. Yeah, he beat them in 2013. Did he beat them in 2013? Yeah. Yeah, because 2012 was the KD Thunder. He beat them in 2013, beat the Warriors in 2016. So it's not like I'm just sitting here saying that, oh, I'm being salty that LeBron lost to these teams. He did lose to these teams, but he also beat them. He was also 22 years old in 2007 when he carried that team to the NBA Finals and they lost to the Spurs, who were the best team in the NBA by far at that point. These these accolades and numbers are just going to be too heavy to argue, anybody for anybody to argue. Don't tell me he's not a great scorer. <clears throat> Don't tell me he's not clutch because you that's lying. That's that's just that's just not truth. The numbers explain most buzzer beaters in NBA playoff history. The most clutch ever. The the greatest score ever is LeBron James. At the end of the day, you know, you can keep trying to argue and argue. I just I don't even it's such a non topic for me for who's the greatest basketball player of all time. I will never argue with anybody. It's a waste of my time. It's like talking to a wall with these Jordan Dick riders. You're talking to a wall. That's literally what it is. Sorry, I know it can hurt you if you're Jordan, you know Jordan Stan. It is what it is, though. So let's get into some NBA playoff talk and some headlines. Let me get a drink. So what's next for the Golden State Warriors? <clears throat> you know, I think it's you know Draymond and Clay and Steph and the front office seem to want to run it back. I think that's a huge mistake. Steph's going to be one year older. Clay's going to be one year older. Remember, he had back-to-back ACL injuries. Draymond looks to just not be the same. He has flashes of being brilliant. But in a way, they almost have to just run it back because how who, who's taking on Jordan Poole's contract? I mean, let's be honest. You know, if I can, I'm throwing everything at the 76ers for Joel Embiid. I'm throwing everything. If the Sixers choose to move on. Whatever you want. Besides Steph, whatever you want. Let's do it. Because I think Embiid needs to go to a team. A Warriors. A a Portland if they keep Dame. A Mavericks. Where he can be the number two guy. You cannot win a title with Joel Embiid as your number one option. The Warriors got to figure something out. I don't think you can run this roster back. and, And be like, we can for sure contend. The Nuggets are going to stay good. The Kings are going to be even better, in my opinion, next year after this experience. If Jaw can, I mean, Jaw getting his head on straight, that might be a problem, but Grizzlies are going to be good. 
I think the Lakers are still going to be very good. We don't know about the Clippers. The Suns, can they... If I'm the Suns, I have Devin Booker and KD. I'm moving Chris Paul and Aiton to try to get seven other guys that can play around them. A good nine-man rotation. We don't need... <clears throat> we don't need a third guy that can score 25 a game. We don't need that. Because we have two guys that can get you 30 a night. And that's 60 combined. We need another 50 from a group, or 50 or 60 from a combined group. They didn't have that this year. That should be their offseason goal. Move DeAndre Ayton for a true rim protector and a couple role players. Move Chris Paul for whatever you can. Get guys that fit around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Devin Booker proved this postseason he can be a playmaker. I mean, he was averaging 8-9 assists a game. He can be a playmaker. Devin Booker has turned into a really good playmaker. But that's what they have to do. Because I think they will be contenders if they can put a good roster around KD and Booker. Honestly, if they put, if, if I, if, you know, after the offseason, if they put a really good roster around them, they have seven, eight guys, and they're, you know, seven guys around KD and Booker for a nine-man rotation that are very good, they would be my favorites. I'm serious. Because Devin Booker is that guy. And KD at this point now, yeah, he's not the same guy. He can easily. You tell me you wouldn't want a Kevin Durant as your second option. He'd be the best. He'd be top two, three, second best options in the league. You know, you think about guys that probably will be second options next year. I think LeBron James will be clearly the second option next year. I think AD will be for sure the number one. Paul George, but is Kawhi healthy? I just name a team that has a better second option than Kevin Durant. There's definitely a few that are as good. But let's be real. I think they can be better next year. So like I said, they fired Monty. We just talked about the Suns. What do the Bucks need to do? I think you got to try to move Holiday and Middleton for something different. I just don't think it works. I think you need to build better around Giannis. I think you need more knockdown shooters around him. Drew Holiday and Middleton. Middleton hasn't been this year. And Holiday was bad in the playoffs. Not knockdown shooters. You need 3 and D guys around Giannis. So in my three top... I, th- I was thinking about this. My top three potential landing spots. I think it's a battle in the East. I'll start with the two teams for sure. <clears throat> you can criticize this one. I think Jalen Brunson and Dame would work. Brunson played next to Luka and played unbelievably well. He can play. He can play off the ball. Are you know RJ Barrett and Julius Randle for Dame? Or maybe Randle and a couple other young pieces and picks, and you keep RJ Barrett as your third option. And then I think Philadelphia. James Harden might be gone. Do you want to move Tyrese Maxey? That would be the big question. But I think, again, Dame next to Embiid would be scary. I think I think, I think they thought James Harden had more left in the tank to be the number one guy and Embiid could be the number two. Because I, I don't think they think that Embiid can be the number one and they win. If they think that, they're crazy. Proof's in the pudding. And then the other one, I think, would be the, the loser of the Celtics and Heat will be the other option for Dame. Team that doesn't make the NBA Finals looking to get over the hump next year. Especially if Boston implodes. And they're just like, man, I just don't know if we can win a title with Tatum and and Brown, right? Maybe we trade Brown to get Dame. So let's get into my conference finals predictions. Heat-Celtics. I've doubted the Heat every way. So I feel like if I pick them here is where they're going to (laughs) lose. For sure. Um, it's a tricky one. I don't love the Celtics. I don't love. 
I don't love, I've never loved Tatum and Brown together. I just don't think it's a championship duo. I think it's a good duo. I don't think they play that great off each other. I think you look at it, it's more of like, okay, Tatum has the ball, I'm going to go stand in the corner. Brown has the ball, okay, Tatum's going to stand on top of the key or the corner, waiting for a kick out or something. Um, I'm going to pick the Heat, but I really don't know. Because are the legs going to run off for Jimmy Butler at some point? Now, they didn't run off in the, in the bubble. He was great for all the series and didn't run out. It didn't run out till about game after after game five when he had that unbelievable game. It was over. His legs were completely dead, and then the Lakers steamrolled him in game six. When could his legs run out? Here's the thing: they have the best coach in that series by a, I mean, country, nine country miles, ten country miles. They have the best coach in this series. They have the best coach left. I like Mike Malone. Eric Spolster is the best coach left. I actually think Darvin Ham, adjustment-wise, is better than the Celtic judge. I can't even think of his name. Joe Mazzula or whatever. I don't think he's a very good coach. I think this could be, potentially with the coaches that are out there, if they don't make the NBA Finals, this could be a one-year thing for him. And they could be looking to get a Nick Nurse or a Monty Williams. You know, Nick Nurse won an NBA title. Monty Williams been to an NBA Finals, right? You know, I <clears throat> I'm gonna go Heat over the Celtics, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in seven. I was gonna go six, but I think I'm gonna change it here. I'm gonna go Heat over Celtics in seven. I just Jimmy Butler, man, it just feels like he's going to get back to the NBA Finals this year. <clears throat> Lakers Nuggets talked about it on Twitter a little bit. The way the Nuggets play favors. In my opinion, the odds have it wrong. The way the Nuggets play favors should favor the Lakers in this series. The Nuggets were near the bottom, 24th maybe in pace. The Lakers, where they got exposed in their losses, and even in the game four win, was when Golden State ran. When Golden State decided, we're going to get out in transition. Now, the... The Nuggets are slower, <clears throat> and that favors the Lakers because they have the best half-court defense in basketball. That's why I don't understand the odds on this series. I do because, again, I've always said the Denver Nuggets have been the most consistent team all season, but the Lakers also haven't been with this roster all season. So it's okay. I think the Lakers finished 19-8 <clears throat> to end the season. They've won a playing game. That's 20 and 8. They won four, two series. That gets them to 28. They've lost two in each. They are 28 and 12 since, since that run started. They're 28 and 12. I believe that would be best in the NBA. Nuggets probably close, I would guess, but I believe that's the best in the NBA. I just think, really think this, this matchup favors the Lakers. Golden State, in my opinion, <clears throat> they weren't like a, this year, they weren't really like a fast, a transition team. All the time. <clears throat> and that, that comes with them being older with their three stars. Um, but when they decided to run on the Lakers, they were good at it. If the Nuggets can flip it around and kind of do the same, I think that they can... Th- this series could be much more difficult than I think. But it's always tough to change. It's, it's worked all season, right? 24th and pays. It's worked all season. You're the number one seed in the West. Right? 
I think that I think the Lakers win this in six. I've just been doing a lot more. I've been digging into the series a lot more. I could see it going quicker. Five. I don't want to want to say four, but five. I could see. I just think it, this series, it it feels good for the Lakers. The team I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to have to see the Lakers play Giannis in the finals. Um, at the start of the playoffs, I'd say that Boston did scare me. Just watching them play, really, they don't scare me though. Boston really doesn't scare me. Um, so I'm going to take the Lakers in six over the Denver Nuggets. I have I have uh, predicted a 2020 bubble finals rematch between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Could definitely be wrong on both, but those are my predictions. That's what I'm going to stick with. Games, Lakers, uh, Nuggets start tomorrow. Wednesday <clears throat> is uh, Heat Celtics. Let me grab a drink before we start this UFC talk. <clears throat> Sorry again, guys, about the <coughs> coughs and stuff, man. Just real under the weather, but obviously still want to get a podcast out each week. Almeida, oh, we're going to go through the main three fights results. Almeida gets Rosenstruck down and subs him round one. Boy, is he good, man. He said he's Khabib-like. Interesting. If he can get his striking to be okay like Khabib did, he's going to be a very tough out for guys in this division. Everywhere. He's that good. Um, and we'll get to who I want to see next. I don't think that they should automatically throw him to a Pavlovich gone Blades yet. If they did Blades, I wouldn't be upset. Because I think if he fought Blades, if he can't get him down, you'd have to see a little bit more of a striking. But he looked impressive. Johnny Walker impresses me. Dana White didn't like it. Impress me. Easily gets past Anthony Smith via decision. I thought Johnny looked good. He was composed. When he had him hurt, he didn't... Oh, It's not like he wasn't trying to finish him. He was still landing shots, but he didn't overextend himself for him to get countered back. I thought he looked tremendous. Um, Ian Gary passes tough te- toughest test yet. K- TKO's D-Rod round one. Ian Gary, man. Special. Special guy, for sure. Um, other impressive wins, uh, Brian Battle got a round one KO uh, KO win over Gabriel Green in 14 seconds. Nice little counter shot against the cage. Knocked him out. That was a great win. Matt Brown's KO over Court McGee in round one. Tying him for, I believe, the most knockouts in UFC history now with Derek Lewis, which is crazy. He's a welterweight. So let's go into a little what's next. For D-Rod, obviously a little step back, but maybe a guy that fought on this card and got a win over Tim Means, Alex Morano. That'd be a good fight. Uh, number two, Max Griffin. I think those would be two great fights. I don't think, let's, what I wanted to look at, I don't think he's fought <clears throat> either of those guys. If he has, my mistake. I don't think he's fought either of those guys, though. He's 36, which is tough. Um, Very tough. At uh, this, this weight class. Um, So he's coming off two straight losses now. He hasn't fought either of those guys, okay? He did beat Tim Means. Um, so, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, you know, he's he beat the Leech, which I thought he lost. So I thought he really lost three straight. So he's kind of on a, you know, downward spin here. For Machado, Ian Gary, he, liked, he called out Neil Magny. I like that fight. Or Kevin Holland. I like those two fights. I think those would be... Neil Magny probably test him a little more... But man, I think Kevin Holland might better than Neil Magny. Kevin Holland's looked really good. 
So I like either one of those. For Anthony Smith, I don't know because, I mean, he thought about retirement. I think he he said that he kind of, you know, backtracked in the heat of the moment and decided he took off his gloves and then he decided not to uh, do it. Let's look at the light heavyweight division here real quick for him. I didn't put anybody down because I really didn't have an idea. So, again, he's just lost. He's Johnny's going to move up to uh, – I also need to look up Johnny Walker after this. Johnny's going to move up to five. I mean, for Anthony Smith, um, I don't know what he wants to do. Um, maybe has he fought Ozdemir? Big question here. Has he fought Volkan Ozdemir? <clears throat> so he obviously fought Inkalaev, lost. He fought Jimmy Crude. He fought Smith. He fought Rockage. I mean, he's fought the who's who. Gusto, John Jones. He has fought Ozdemir, which he won via sub. You could are you, you try to get him? I know people hate being gatekeepers, but maybe the guy that's coming up that's undefeated, Osmot uh, Mirzakhanov, who's ranked eleven. I think that could make some sense. A uh, good test for Osmot. See where he's at against a true vet. For Johnny Walker, he jumped the cage. I don't know what's going on with Blahovich and Ankalaev. So I did put Jamal Hill down as an option. A rematch. I mean, if if uh, if Yuri still can't come back till November or December, I don't think Jamal Hill's going to want to sit out that long. Has he fought Nikita Krylov, who's now... Again, I don't know if that was one of his losses. He's 31, so still good. I mean, for light heavyweight, really young. 31 is young in light heavyweight. So he lost the decision to Krylov. I think that rematch makes some sense here. Three straight wins. He got a submission win over Kute Laba. TKO'd uh, Paul Craig and now beat Anthony Smith. I think a Nikita Krylov rematch makes a ton of sense. Who is currently ranked right over him. They'll both stay at the 5-6 range. So I think that would make sense if they don't go the title route. I think a Krylov rematch, I think that would just make a ton of sense. Jarzinho Rosenstruck, obviously a disappointing loss for him. It never been a better time, right, to uh, to make the Derek Lewis fight. They haven't fought. I know they haven't fought. No chance they fought. Derek Lewis Him and Rosenstruck have not fought There's no chance I would remember that fight for sure No, they've not fought So this makes a ton of sense Him versus Rosenstruck makes all the sense in the world right now If Lewis is still fighting If not, Alexander Romanov I think could make some sense But yeah, I think Jorginho Rosenstruck, Derek Lewis makes sense For Jalen Almeida I did not put down Pavlovich, Gone or Blades I went Sergey Spivak Who's coming off a big win Or tied to Avasa I would rather see the Spivak fight because I think Spivak, Spivak is better off the ground. Um, so I think it would it would show a little bit how good is he on the ground. He's got three straight wins since the Aspinall loss. Beat Greg Hardy via knockout, Augusto Kai via knockout, and Derek Lewis submission. I think that fight makes a ton of sense for Almeida. So let's get into my way too early um, NFL standing predictions. In the, in the AFC East. I'm going Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, my one, two, three, four. In the north, shocker here. I'm going Cleveland one, Bengals two, Ravens three, Steelers four. In the south, I'm going Jaguars, I'm going Colts, I'm going Texans, and I'm going Titans last. And then the AFC West, I'm going Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. So I have the Jets, Browns, Jaguars, Chiefs for sure in the playoffs with their wins. I'm going Bengals, Bills, and Chargers as my wild cards. 
AFC is so fucking stacked. So tough to predict. In the NFC, I'm going Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. In the NFC North, I'm going Vikings still. I'm going Lions, Bears, Packers. In the NFC South, I'm actually going Panthers 1, Saints 2, Buccaneers 3, Falcons 4. In the NFC West, I'm going Niners 1, Rams 2, Seahawks 3, Cardinals 4. So I would have the obviously the Eagles, Vikings, Panthers, Niners in the playoffs. My wild cards would be the Cowboys, the Saints. And I'm going to say the Lions do sneak into the playoffs over the Rams. I think they have close to the same record, 8-9 wins. So that would be my Cowboys, Lions, Saints would be my wild cards in the NFC. So let's go to my uh, top 15 2023 NBA draft big board. So again, this is not where they're picked. This is just who I think the top players are. At one, easily Victor Wimbanyama, the center out of France. <clears throat> Number two was a was an interesting one. <coughs> Hold on, let me get back to it. Um, number two, I am actually I think Brandon Miller is who I would take. He would be my second best player, the wing out of Alabama. Three is definitely Scoot Henderson, the point guard out of G League Ignite. I would then go 4-5, the Thompson brothers, Amen, the guard forward uh, out of Overtime Elite, and then the wing, Ashur Thompson out of Overtime Elite. Six for me would be Jerese Walker, the forward out of Houston. Seven, seven eight is the uh, is the Arkansas boys, Nick Smith, combo guard out of Arkansas, and Anthony Black, the point forward out of uh, Arkansas. Number nine, I would go Cam Whitmore, the uh, wing out of Villanova. Ten, I'd go Taylor Hendricks, the forward out of UCF. Eleven, I would go Grady Dick, the wing out of Kansas. Twelve, I would go Gigi Jackson, Gregory Jackson, the power forward out of South Carolina. Thirteen, Keontae George, the shooting guard out of Baylor. Fourteen, Maxwell Lewis, the wing out of Pepperdine. Fifteen, Jordan Hawkins, Hawkins, guard out of UConn. My next three up would be Kaysen Wallace, the point guard out of Kentucky, Jalen Hood-Shafino, the guard out of Indiana, and Julian Strother, the wing out of Gonzaga. I love Strother, man. He's one of the guys I love in this draft. And again, this wouldn't be the draft order necessarily. I think the top five, whether you flip, whether you have Brandon Miller two or three with Scoot, I think Wembanyama, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, the Thompson brothers will probably be the top five picks in this draft. After six through whatever, I think it can all be. I think I could even see a guy like Taylor Hendricks going six, Cam Whitmore. I think Maxwell Lewis is going to fly up draft boards. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll do it for today. You know, a little shorter one, but you know, under the weather. But I do want to get one out per usual. And um, here, let's go to Kibby and the boys. Uh, Schmidt and Nick have closed the gap. Right, uh, they went four and two last week. We went three and three, so they've closed it by one more game. Um, we are now 16 and 14. They are 14, 15 and one. So about a game and a half behind us, one and four for both parlays. Um, but yeah, they closed the gap. We got to be sharper for sure, but they have closed the gap by another game. Um, so good for them. They had a good week. They went four and two all on Friday night. Um, so yeah, good. It was a good, it was a good night for them. Um, but we'll be back with that Friday. Of course, I think what we're going to do also a little different than after the locks is I'm going to have each of the boys. We're not going to tell each other. Before the podcast, who we have, uh, I want I'm gonna have them get five 
five win totals in the NFL a little early, and we'll do it again as it gets closer. Five win totals, either over or under that they really like, and we'll rank them one through five, and we'll alternate going and have it ready so you're not, you know, we're not trying to, you know, know what other people have, maybe copy, and you just come in with your five, and we'll rank them from five to one what we like over unders. And I think that'll be something we'll do on Friday for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, thank guys for listening. Um, go Lakers tomorrow, game one, baby. Let's go. Thank guys for listening again. Peace.